Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 111 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go out on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks for tuning in this week and thanks for being here once again. Now in this episode, it is my pleasure to welcome back Robert from freewheeling.ie. And if you don't know of Robert in the Irish scene and his very cool website and blog, freewheeling.ie, you need to go and check that out. Robert is a wealth of information on the Irish race scene. So we've got Robert back on for our third instalment of the Irish Race Review. And on this show, we chat about and round up the Irish race scene over the 2019 racing season. We follow up from our last review show, episode 100, and wrap up what has been an exciting and non-stop season of new trails, new podiums, and fast newcomers. It's all in this episode. Now, Robert was passionate as always and grabbed a number of racers after events he was at for a quick audio interview, including Harry Byrne, Brendan Conroy, Beefy Mullen, Hannah Harvey... Callum Morris, Peter Davison, there's loads in here so we uh, get to know those guys a wee bit better after the races, how they felt their season has went and we have added the audio into the podcast for you. So put your feet up and find out how the new season ended, who we have to look out for 2020 and all the podiums, everything else, we all round up in this show for you. It's an exciting 2019 season. It's sad to see it come to an end but I am so excited to see the new 2020 season just around the corner is going to be such a great season and uh, there's so many characters in the scene now, it's awesome to see. So put your feet up, enjoy the show and let's welcome Robert to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Robert, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. It's great to have you back on the show, mate. How's things with you? The very best, Gareth. Um, thanks for having me on again. Always good to be part of the show. Yeah, thank you so much, sir. And realistically, you have done more work for this episode than I have because you have done the majority of the recordings with the riders and racers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that should be easy for you then. We'll, we'll that's where we're head start already. Uh, yeah. So this is kind of part three, and for anybody that's just tagging on now, uh, we done two kind of reviews of the season, one near the start and one kind of mid-season almost, wasn't it? So this is kind of us just really wrapping things up and chatting about what's went on since then. So it should be it should be pretty cool, huh? Exactly, yeah. It's um, as, you said, as you said, we did, uh, we covered a pre-season, uh, beginning of the season, then a national championship review, and then this is uh, an end of season covering all championships. So yeah, and we have the plenty of audio clips from different riders competing to let them do the talking for us instead <laughs> yeah yeah you were you were good enough to plan that ahead of time which was amazing and i've listened to your interviews with the, with the guys on the show and some really good stuff there man there's some really really interesting stuff yeah definitely it's um there's a lot of a lot of different um aspects and angles to to consider with with, with different people um it's such a good broad spectrum of age as well, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. Um, I was blown away by Brendan Conroy in your interview with him. He's only 14 years old. We'll get to that a wee bit later. But yeah, I, I thought he came across really well. And um, I loved your interview with Beefy and stuff. So yeah, really good. Really, really good. Now, uh, will we will we jump into it? Will we start with the Gravity Enduro 
Ireland series then um, and chat a wee bit about that? Yeah, so the, the Gravity Enduro Ireland series, that signed off in Carrick in the beginning of September, actually, now. Um, it was a great end-of-year uh, event. The sun came out, Sean. It was glorious weather. It was short sleeves, short sleeve weather, so that was perfect. And cracking entry. Um, all the top guys of the country were out. We had... Um, the EWS uh, campaigners from Greg Callahan, Keelan Grant, Killian Callahan, and Dan Wolf were out racing along with all the main contenders like Harry Byrne um, and um, Ian Coates and many others too. So yeah, it was a good, good big entry. Also in the women class, you know, you had Liam Onsel, um, Maeve Baxter was out too, along with Hannah Mullen. So yeah, plenty of plenty of riders out competing. Yeah, no, it was it was very good. Uh, the imagery from it looked looked amazing, and um, I know Harry's actually Harry Burns actually on the podcast now as we speak. He oh. has the episode went out today. Um, interesting, interesting fella. And one of the questions I asked him was how his win and taking the overall. Um, Harry came first in the overall. Um, beating Greg and stuff, how it made his confidence feel standing on the podium, you know, above Greg and, and everything else and Ian Coates um, and how that helped him go into the Tweed Love thing and stuff. Um, and he says, yeah, it really, really boosted his confidence. So it's great to see a young man like that going into that final leg with a plan, not pushing it, not going too hard. He, he, he didn't need to win or anything and just taking it easy and, and thinking of the, the bigger picture, you know, so, um, yeah, it was really interesting to speak to Harry on that, and it was such a good event. Yeah, definitely, and it was um, the trails itself were were fantastic. Um, I got up to the top of stage one to check that one out, and um, the the beginning of it was like so gnarly. Like they had it was a series of rock drops, like straight into like a like into a rock garden, and then that came into another series of rock drops, and like straight off the gate, it was like this means business, like, hang on, <laughs> like, and to watch the pro men coming down through that was pretty impressive, like, the, just the way they attack stuff and cover the ground so much quicker, like, to, uh, to, to, to other riders was amazing, yeah, when you see, you know, when you see Greg or you see Killian coming down through that, Dan Wolf actually came down and he hadn't done the practice on the Saturday, and he was just lit coming down through. It was it was it was class to watch that. Now that was really impressive. Probably one of the most impressive bits of the day. Yeah, yeah. Harry did say there were steep bits, and he actually enjoys that kind of thing. So, um, kind of suited him as well. Yeah, and it was a good crowd there, especially towards the end of the day when the other classes of categories had finished, and um, at the end of stage four and five, you know, everybody was lying in the stages. Uh, you might have seen a few video clips going. It was an unofficial long jump. At the end of stage four, and um, I think Ronan Dunn won that by a mile. He, of course, he landed that hill. It was unbelievable to watch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, good times, good times. And the atmosphere there, what was it like, Robert? Was it good, good atmosphere? Yeah, really good vibe. Um, you know, the, the Gravity uh, Gravity Enduro Ireland series organizers pull out all the stops for it. Um, a lot of people in the paddock. The weather was perfect. You know, catering vans. Um, the there was plenty of stalls and stuff about, and yeah, really good vibe. And especially the way it finished at the end of stage five, with so many people just waiting around and not rushing home. They all stayed out and 
and uh, had cheered every one of the pro guys home, which was really good to see. Aye, that's cool. Well, you know it's a success and you know people are enjoying themselves if they actually stay around when it's over, you know. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So the women's side of that then, Leah Monsell came in first with four wins. Very impressive. Yeah, she's stamped her authority pretty much on 2019 this year. And, um, well, she's she's one of the best in the world really now, isn't she? Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. she took four wins from four starts. She missed one round, I think, this year with EWS commitments. Um, so she is the benchmark for everybody to to have a crack at. Um, Hannah Mullen is uh, another young uh, kid on the on the rise. She's only 13 also, and she's in now begin, more and more as the year progresses, she's getting closer and closer to, to, to pushing the top three guys, the top three women. Any of those that make a mistake, she's right there. And her consistency definitely paid off um, for second overall in the women's class. May mm-hmm. Baxter took a win as well. So she she's uh, proven that she's got plenty of speed in her as well. Unfortunately, we we um, lost Hannah Harvey midway through the through the year just with with a broken wrist. Um, so she didn't she wasn't able to stay in the, mm-hmm. in the title fight. But it was uh, it was good racing nonetheless. Yeah, definitely amazing. And you know, talking to Leah, I had Leah on the show. I think it was episode ninety. Yeah, episode ninety. Um, I had Leah on the podcast and yeah, she's keyed in, man. She she's so grounded, but she's very keyed in and, and she knows she wants to try and push this thing a bit further. Um she just never seems to be inconsistent. She's just got that consistency all the time. She's really, really good. Yeah, and she's it's just hard work, I suppose, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's awesome to see Maeve up there always, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's a cool character. Yeah, and we Hannah Mullen, like I'm sure we will see a lot from her uh, next season as well. Her mum and the people she have around her, she just seems to be at every event. Yeah, and like that was her first year up into the pro women class. She's only 13. She's she's kind of already like two years ahead of herself and what she's doing. And she don't forget, she's riding the full course as well. So she's riding five stages. That's practice Saturday, racing Sunday. That's a lot of like, especially somewhere like Carrick, where the the elevation that they were put, the elevation, the, the meters they were climbing each day was huge, and she was um just hanging there with the best of them. Amazing, very good. It's very inspiring for anybody else coming up around that age. You know, yeah. we're looking at getting into it. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, the pro men then, Harry came first overall, um, as we had mentioned. Now, you've done an interview with Harry, which is really cool. So, will we jump to that now and hear what Harry had to say? Yeah, let Harry take it away. Yeah, you've got to be chuffed with oh. uh, how things have gone. Yeah, no, definitely. I've had a class season, like, considering I haven't been training as much as I would have liked to be with the leaving soon and all. So, yeah, no, I'm real happy to take the win and then be on the podium with like Greg and Killian and stuff and Dan as well it's amazing uh, what sort of been the championship turning point when did you kind of realise that I could come along and actually win this title uh, well when I took the winning care I kind of knew that I like was far enough ahead to win so I was just taking kind of, no, I wasn't taking it easy today but I wasn't taking any risks you know because yeah, yeah. I wanted to finish and everything so yeah no uh, so care was when I won care was the best definitely and um did you have a game plan coming into the championship this year um 
you know, because I think you stepped up into pro this year, so yeah. it's a big step up, and to win it in your first year is yeah. not something that comes easy. No, I'm so happy I was able to do that, but, uh, yeah, no, like, at the start of the season, I was kind of, I wasn't sure how I'd do, and then when I made the podium in balance though, I was real happy, and I thought that the lads would be away for a few rounds, so I might be able to get a few results and see what happens. Yeah. And, um... What, was there any been low points for you in the sense any kind of is that, have you managed to have a clean season uh, more or less yeah like obviously Ravensdale the national champs didn't go as good as I wanted them to but I mean apart from that I've kind of ridden steady like I haven't had any crashes really or anything so I've been really happy yeah and this year you, you, have you you're on the the X, the the Eddy SB150 was that had you had that bike last year or no was... I had the SB6 which is like an older version and then I got uh, extra cycles helped me out this year so I was able to get the 150 made a big yeah. difference with the wheels and everything the wheel change uh, uh, overall what, what's been the biggest change for that bike and... uh, I'd say just like the 29er because like you're able to roll over big bumps and all better feels amazing yeah and kind of carry the speed longer, yeah exactly it? yeah. yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a pain through like tight stuff but it kind of cancels out through like the fast stuff and definitely would have played into your favour in rounds like maybe Balna's stone yeah definitely like yeah because it's so rough there and like yeah pedally as well so I've, I'm like from XC I'm pretty fit as well so I'm able to like pedal through when some people get tired I'm still able to go on yeah I'm just about to get yeah just about to say that you're training you obviously put a lot of work into your training despite the leaving start at the same yeah. time and XC is a bit of a background for you and you seem to have the legs when others don't yeah I kind of like I mix it up I do both I train on the XC bike and the enduro bike just to it's a bit of crack you know I like doing them both and I guess um, like obviously racing here with uh, the enduro world series regulars like Greg yeah. and Killian and Keelan yeah. Is that a carrot on the stick that gives you something to chase? Yeah, it's definitely. It's like I'm always trying to work towards them, and then like I'd be watching the results to see where they'd be coming in under 21s and everything. So it's good. It's good to like keep an eye out and see how you do as well. Uh, one big result for you this year, definitely overseas, was Tweedlove. Yeah, definitely. You went there and you you dominated the under 21 class. Yeah, I was, like, I was, and fourth overall. Yeah, I was really surprised, like because uh, full of locals there, and I don't think they were expecting much from me either. So I was like so happy to just take take the win. They're all pretty pissed off. And for those who don't know, Tweedlove is pretty much the national championship, really in in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like a big race. There's a lot of people there. Like under twenty ones probably has like twenty people here, maybe. But there's like there was so many lads. I think there's like fifty or sixty. So yeah, yeah, it's a big difference. And then overall, there's something like five or six hundred people in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like I went over at Gareth and Scott, and even they were like there's like double the numbers as well. So it's amazing. Do you think um, getting that experience abroad will then help you further? Where do you expect to go, or what? Where do you want to go? Uh, well, I have Zermatt at the end of the season. Like that's like two weeks away, so I'll see how I go there. It'll be good, like to see for next season what if I need to put in a lot of work or not. And then, yeah, next season I, pro- I plan on doing like all the European EWS, and then whatever happens, I'll probably end up maybe going to Colombia on the cards, but. We'll see what happens. Good. Well, best of luck, and uh, let's. I uh, hope good to see you on the world stage next year. If cool. possible. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. All right, Robert. Great to hear from Harry there. Um, I enjoyed that, and he's he's such a good lad. So good luck for him in the the 2020 season. He's got plenty going on anyway. Yeah. Um, now, as we chat a wee bit before, let's chat a wee bit about Brendan Conroy. Um, Josh Man, as he's known on Instagram. 
um, for all his crazy antics on a bike. <laughs> um, because he's such a cool guy. Uh, you, you chat it to him, you did an interview with him. Just tell us a wee bit about Brendan because he, he's got a lot going on for a 14-year-old. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of the rising uh, kids on the block at the minute. This year, he's he's kind of, I was going to say come of age, but he's, he's still only 14. <laughs> yeah, he won... He won the Gravity of Enduro Ireland Junior Championship, and then he also won the Irish National Youth Championship as well. So yeah, he's got plenty, plenty of talent in him. Um, he's sponsored by Bespoke Cycles, and he's also got sponsorship from Santa Cruz and Fifty to One, no less as well. So people will know the Fifty to One crew that features uh, guys like Josh Bryceland and Josh Lewis. So he's he's part of that crew as well he's um right out that he's covering kind of both scopes in a sense through the racing side of things and also he he just loves riding his bike he's pulling if he's not racing he's out riding his bike and he's pulling tricks and doing jibs and 360s and wheelies and more things than you can do on a bike <laughs> you know that type of thing so it's great to see just him so committed to what he's doing at the moment so it's brilliant yeah, and for a 14-year-old, he came across so well in the interview. I really enjoyed that interview with him. I thought it was... You just don't expect a 14-year-old fella like that to be as switched on as Brendan seems to be. No, and I like I wasn't expecting it. You know, sometimes you kind of have to fill the blanks a little bit with the interviews. But for him, he was he was well like able to talk as much as he can ride a bike he can he can match it with his interview skills so i think he he could go a really long way you know to be that kind of good at both aspects of the sport already is 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 great to see so yeah definitely um definitely a rider to keep a watch on very cool man very cool well let's jump into his interview now with you and hear what brendan had to say about his season uh congratulations brendan conroy you are the 2019 uh Fidus Gravity Enduro Ireland Series Junior Champion. How does that feel? Oh, it's really good. Like happy to get it after a long season. Enjoyed all the stages, so it's good fun. Ending here in Carrick on some really good stages. Yeah, it's been a good year for you. Um, did you think that you could be this competitive entering this entering the season? You're only 14, as you said, so yeah, still young. Uh, yeah, to be honest, like it's a bit unexpected because obviously moving up a year. Uh, in with some faster lads, some older lads, so good competition here at the moment, so hoping to keep going for as long as I can. And where did you you feel was the turning point for you in this championship where you kind of came through and said, oh, I can actually go ahead and win this? Uh, I had a really good race in Killaloo and got 12th in the overall, and those trails were real steep, techy, no real pedalling, and that just sort of suited me down to the ground, so... That was really good fun. So you kind of came out of your comfort zone and, and, and uh, delivered a, one of your best performances of the yeah. year, for sure. So then since then, I've just tried keeping the ball rolling and getting some good results whenever I can. And you had a great year as well in the Nationals. Um, you took the title there. Um, also, though, because you're in the youth class, um, do you think you should have got a, a championship medal? It wasn't something that kind of counted directly with the main guys? Um, well, I just think, like, you know plenty of years it it's no bad thing to keep it separate but because obviously you don't want to turn people away or get too serious too early but other than that yeah i suppose moving forward maybe but i don't think it's any bad thing 
Yeah. And there's a lot of young, good kids at the moment. You're on the top of the crop. Um, how, what's driving tra- the talent through for, for, for people on the, on the ground? You're only 14. What's, what's driving that talent? Uh, well, I suppose it's local heroes and watching races and ju- you just see and pick up on stuff. Like even here this weekend, we've had Greg, pro rider, Killian, pro rider, Dan Wolf. We've had a load of good riders here this weekend, so that'll just push it on. People come to the race, see it, and get into it. And outside the racing, of course, you're, um, people will know you as Jousman, and uh, you have a great social media following, and you're also part of the 50 to 1 crew, I believe. And yeah. just, how did something like that happen? <laughs> uh, I just sort of met them back in 2015 and just got on real well. And they obviously just seen something in me. But, yeah, they're real good top men, like, and owe a lot to them. They've yeah. helped me out from the beginning till now. so. And they brought you over to the Steve Pete downhill this year, yeah. and you went and you won it as well. Yeah, the Steve Pete Steel City downhill was something else, like big crowds, top to bottom, uh, real short track, lots of berms, jumps, everything. It was so good. And it was a, I'm sure it was a great experience and a good learning weekend as well. Yeah, like you're just seeing so many good riders and you pick up on everything. Like there's... Everyone, Josh Bryceland, Josh Lewis, Steve Pete himself, Mark Beaumont, so many good riders there. And you were just watching them saying, like, so smooth through that bit mm. or he's doing something different. Mm. But you're definitely one of them as the youth's coming through and uh, you're, you're, you're a guy for the jibs and the 360s. Where does that come out of? Uh, it's just what I have on my doorstep and I grew up building jumps, learning tricks. Like, the first ever videos I watched were... Danny McGaskill, Brandon Seminock, it's all them. And since then, I've just sort of always enjoyed the fun side of it as much as racing. Yeah, yeah. And did those guys inspire you? Then, are you? Would you? What kind of direction would you like to go? With your your riding and your mountain biking. I'd love to keep both up. Like I really want to just continue racing, continue having fun, filming stuff. Like I really enjoy the filming side of stuff yeah, yeah. just as much as I love racing. Yeah, so yeah. just try and balance it out as much as I can. Yeah. do some good spins do some trick spins like just have fun keep it going and you have to be quite dedicated with the film because it can take a lot of yeah. goes to get it right I'm sure yeah like there's days that I go out and just something won't work but like I remember first doing 360s on the setup like I was there for about three hours one day just constantly just getting back up crashing getting up crashing and just sort of looking at video, I film myself a few times, just see like what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, yeah. And then like, you leave it for a day, you'll come back in, you'll do a first try. Like just something just clicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes that takes longer <laughs> it than takes it should. Takes a lot of practice, yeah. But good. And also, um, your brother is uh, the Irish national cross-country champion, um, XE and cyclocross, yeah. sorry. Um I'm sure he inspires you a bit as well. Yeah, like he was into it just before me. And then we were both watching videos and all, we just both got into it. He started off XE, Enduro, and then he up until about 2016, he just made the switch, said that he was going to stop Enduro and just keep going at the XE yeah. and cyclocross. Now, he absolutely loves cyclocross because like, he has all the skills from Enduro. And mountain biking, so he's able to ride the off cambers, do yeah. the muck. He loves it, like. And, and I'm sure that filters back to you as well for yeah. for when you're getting out riding and yeah, like he's he's an inspiration to me. Like just it's someone you look at. He's so dedicated to yeah. his training and 
he really enjoys what he's doing, which I think is important. Yeah. Like he's always going abroad to different stuff. So I think like that's something that I can look at and say, I want to do that buffer and Joro. Yeah, yeah. Or like he's definitely so inspiring. Yeah. And finally, is there anyone to, to thank who would you like to thank this year for the uh, success? Again, a huge thank to Santa Cruz Bicycles and Alan Cook, who helped me out with this bike this year. Uh, Beast Box Cycles have kept it running perfectly yeah. every race, week in, week out. They've just been there helping me out with it. And it's been the dream. Like There's nothing I'd rather ride more. And then my mum and dad like driving me places, doing yeah. everything they can to yeah. help support it. Like. You know, even just driving to get me to Carrick, driving me to Joust, yeah, yeah. driving me yeah, yeah. this, that and the other just to ride my bike, which is great. I couldn't do it without them. No, exactly. So all them people, like, there's so many more. I could be here all day saying, but... And for 2020, what's the goals? Uh, Where'd I'm you go? hoping to go to England a few more times, do some enduro, maybe a downhill or two. Do you move up a grade? I'm planning on moving to pro oh, in that's a big jump. in Irish scene mm-hmm. and then a broad stay category. Mm-hmm. But I'm under 16 again next year. I'll be 15. So just learn, keep going, see what happens in the future. Well, best of luck and we're all keeping a good Thank you idea. and thanks for listening. All right, cool, Robert. Um, I really enjoyed that interview. That was really cool with Brendan there. Um, definitely a talent to look out for in the near future, uh. For sure, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Let's uh, jump into the first tracks in Jiro Cup then. Um, again, that went down very well this year. Um, I know Glenn and the guys had a, a great, uh, as always, as always, a great event running at each at each stage and stuff. And uh, I don't know how Glenn does it every year. The man is just he's just so laid back about the thing, but he does it so professionally. <laughs> Just a true passion for what he's doing, and it, that definitely rings clear in, the, in his, his events and his racing and his riding and um, everything about him. But yeah, as you said, yeah, it's been another great season for the first tracks in Euro Cup too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we chat a wee bit about it. So, so Keelan took the the overall win. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, Keelan um came out and he contested the majority of that championship i think he just missed one round through his ews commitments but uh he he the three rounds he raced he won um took the first round win in ravensdale then came back to ravensdale again for round three which also marked the irish national enduro championships and he won that which was which was a big win probably the biggest win he had at home all year and then came back again for the final round in castle Wellen, which he's squeezed in like to be fair to him he squeezed that one in because he was on literally i think he was literally jumping off the podium and onto a plane to get to the next round of the ews so he won castle Wellen, which then wrapped up the the championship for him um and it's great just to see him out and supporting the races like he has done so yeah really mm-hmm. top marks to him yeah for sure for sure and the master glenn o'brien he came second overall yeah unreal wow. like yeah he just can't keep an old dog down can you <laughs> no uh, amazing totally amazing uh to be the organizer and come second overall something uh, is a feat that's uh definitely worth chatting about um and he just he's it's like you say i think he's just so passionate about the thing and uh He's just in love with what he does, eh? and it really comes through in his racing and the organisation and everything of the first tracks in Joe. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, he's out there whacking posts all week, tr- cleaning trails and taping tape, 
around trees. Like, like to do that alone, you've got to be knackered before you even get on the bike. <laughs> a full day's practice and then race Sunday. Now, to be fair, he, he, uh, Kato, she, she's the real boss come race day. She takes over and, and uh, makes sure everything, the show runs runs as smoothly as it does. But, you know, you hand, like got to hand it to him because like, his mind has to be still partly organized or partly race racer on the day and mm-hmm. you know you still have to switch off and and go out and battle with the best of them you know fair play yeah. to them and yeah we're well, on the championship like hats off to that like. uh, amazing yeah for sure and i had glenn on the episode back on the podcast for episode 88 because i wanted to chat to him that was at the time of the the uh, trail closures and things like that were going on remember we chatted about it a wee bit in the last review irish review and I wanted Glenn on a wee bit to chat about that, but I asked him about the organisation thing and how he done that and everything else. And, you know, it was like the old scenario, you're sitting ready to go at the top of stage and one of the one of the volunteers says to, you know, Glenn, uh, the tape's falling at corner three. You know, that you can just imagine that happening, you know, <laughs> Glenn ready to race. But Glenn says he just gets to the top, he just, something switches in his head and he goes, you know, so fair play, fair play. Really good, and this year we're we're talking here in the in the enduro standings, and they, these are the overall. It was a new category introduced for this year. It's basically the overall, so it mixes all the riders together, regardless of individual cat categories. So, as we said, Keelan took the overall enduro win, and also the the senior class, and Glyn was runner up, but he won the the veteran class, mm-hmm. the over forties, and then we had J Mac coming in. He won the master thirty class to finish to- third overall. And then Drew Armstrong, he was fourth overall, but won the under-21 category. So it just shows you the good spread of riders coming through and and the mix in the overall scheme as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, and it, it, it's cool. And I see eighth there was Chris Brown. Yeah, uh, but, uh, probably because you had him on the podcast and he's the, probably the best newcomer of the year, definitely with that result. Yeah, a really interesting story. Um kind of a, tri- a trials rider um, as a lot of the guys are that I'm starting to understand yeah. but <laughs> but a trials rider and the bike he raced on and etc he'd only been mountain biking for like a couple of months before he entered the first race um, so that's a really good story and I think he will do good things next season if he can stay injury free you know he pushes it and when you push things certain things can happen but I think I think he will be a real good character to watch next season yeah, like he's had um, three top ten individual results as well. So, yeah, that's that's a good show. And um, and with a learning year under his belt, you know, I'm sure he's aiming for bigger and better next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now you had some stats and stuff there. You had drawn up for the enduro. Do you want to chat a wee bit about those, Robert? Because I think they're very interesting and really good to see. Yeah, it just kind of shows the growth or kind of where where mountain biking is at just in relation to the first tracks in Euro Cup and um the total number of entries I think for 2019 was 448 individual riders which is pretty impressive to see that's across when you looked at the the overall results there was 448 people scored points um for 2019 that's 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 fantastic and in that this year, you had the newly introduced e-bike category, and there were 17 riders competing in that across the year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good too. That's very good. Yeah. What I liked was really promising was to see that there was 68 
riders under the age of six, 16 and under competing as well. So that just shows you that um, the next generation are already here, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. You can see it. And I think, you know, Ireland has it for sure. We have got a lot of a lot of stuff to look forward to in the, you know, the up and coming seasons with these young guys coming through and they're fast. Yeah. And like we also had 24 women compete in the entire championship as well, which is which is really good to see as well. It shows growth in that championship, too. And, you know, like I suppose nearly even you know, Hannah Mullen, she would fit in between the 16, 16 and under and the women category as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just to get back to the 16, that that's that's good. You know, it's definitely um, it's a good promise for, for next year and the years to come and watch them rise and see how they get on. And, and of course, um, one of those riders that we need to definitely take a look at is uh, Callum Morris. He's only 13, so he's well under the 16 category. And he... He had a, he had an incredible season. He, he he dominated pretty much every race he rode this year in the U category. Um, comes from Clanmany and Donegal, who's also one of the guys travelling the furthest to all the rounds. And uh, he was the he won both the Gravity Enduro Ireland Youth Championship and the First Tracks Enduro Youth Championship. And then in the downhill series, he won the Juvenile Championship, and he won the Juvenile National Championship. And he was Irish champion in the enduro youth class too. <laughs> so like his trophy cabinet's full. <laughs> he's, uh, he's already at only thirteen. So yeah, impressive, isn't it? Yeah, that's nuts. That's crazy. Um, the, you know, unbelievable. And he's supported by uh, Dirty Rides MTB, which is quite cool as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great to see. So that's a local business supporting a local rider as well. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, you had an interview with him also, um, and you had a good chat with him. So, will we jump to that now and hear what Callum had to say about the season? I'm sure he's stoked. He has to be. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's let's uh, hear him out. Uh, Callum Morris, congratulations. You've had a fantastic season. You're the new Gravity Enduro champion for the youth class. Uh, just turned 13. Brilliant season. You've got to be really pleased with how things have gone. Yeah, um... Good enough season. Uh, Miss Slade, but I think you're allowed to drop around in this uh, series, so it's worked out well. So to go in, yeah. What's been the highlight for you? Um, probably this race, just the tracks and everything. Just finally a good dry and dusty race. Yeah. What makes Carrick quite so special? It's real. Don't know. It's real. Uh, more open than every other race, and it's just flat out. Very good. And in the first track series, you're having a good season there, almost undefeated them, I think. Uh, yeah, won everyone the first tracks to Caswell next weekend now. And what's the goal there? I'm sure I'll take, take the title. Yeah, hopefully. Good. And uh, in the downhill championship, you've also had a good series too, but yeah. you also had a problem at uh, Ross Trevor. Talk us, tell us yeah, what happened. Yeah, um, in practice on my last run, I snapped my frame, like the rear swinger, and uh, so we got. We switched the parts on my brother's bike, Iron, and then raced it, and yeah, still won there, so I was happy with that, yeah. And across the water in Scotland, you've had a great run in the hard line too. You're yeah. really pleased with how things have come? Yeah, I didn't, I never really got going over there. Uh, ne- uh, came fourth uh, and won. Uh, was alright, it wasn't the best, but I was happy enough. Like. And what's the goals for 2020? 
don't know, I'm moving up in the enduro up against some real fast boys like Brendan Conroy and Scott Roberts and Daniel Lappin, so hopefully just try and get in a couple of podiums. and Keep her flat out. Yeah. Good job. Well, congratulations. All right, thank you. All right, Robert, that's that's cool, man. You definitely were busy with your tape recorder out at the <laughs> event, so well well done. Works well, I was just to pop it out and uh, grab a few words here and there. Yeah, it's good, it's good. Do you get any weird reactions when you shove a tape recorder in somebody's face? Uh, some of them are, well, none of them are used to it, unless like, <laughs> uh, they're like Greg or Keelan or somebody, but uh, the first to like, oh, can I see the questions before we start? And I'm like, no. <laughs> there are no questions. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. the one um, I did with Peter Davidson, actually, I totally, like, I had no questions. I just seen him and I was like, we need to do something. And let, I was like, I'm winging this. I hope you can wing it too. Let's go. <laughs> and that was it. So, Yeah, cool. And we'll get to that later because we have that also for you. Um, awesome. All right, let's jump on to the, uh, the IDMS series then. Um, and uh, it was cool too. I had Jason Murray on the podcast, uh, or sorry, Jason Murphy on the podcast, um, episode 108 from Shona Boy Farm, um, which was the final round of the IDMS. Uh, those guys are doing really well down there. That place has taken off. Yeah, it seems to be the feel good story of 2019, doesn't it? Um, mm. Shona Boy Farm down in Killarney. Um, yeah, they hosted the Monster Gravity Enduro Championship. Then they went on to host the Grassroots Enduro Championship. And then they signed things off with the Irish Downhill Mountain Bike Series, the final mm-hmm. round. Yeah. Have yeah. you been down, Robert? No, I haven't been down. Um, I'd love to actually get down. And I've, I've seen the photos. Like yourself, you've seen the photos and seen the videos and spoke to a few people. And like seems to be good, good reaction to it as well. And yeah, it, it looks like it's definitely one for the bucket list to go and uh, go and yeah. help. Yeah, I think so. And one of the things I asked Jason, um, because them guys are up, you know, fixing trail, building trail, and they've got they've plans for the future, obviously, to make it bigger and better, et cetera, et cetera. But the interesting thing is, because it's got an uplift service for people that don't know, so you have to pay, obviously, to use the uplift and stuff. But Jason and the few guys he has involved there, they don't make a penny from that. You know what I mean? They don't. Yeah. They don't make a dime. They do it all off their own back, and any money that kind of they do raise from it either goes to the farmer who owns the land, or goes back into equipment and making things easier for the guys to work in the trails. It's a really, really good story, and it just shows you. You know, and Jason said that he wanted to do it really to have more trails that they could use. Yeah. rather than traveling so it just shows you the extent and what people will actually do to get on their bike and have some local trails it's amazing yeah and what can be done you know when you put your mind to it you know mm-hmm. instead of waiting for it to happen they've gone and made it happen themselves so credit to them yeah for sure for sure um do you want to chat us through the results then a wee bit for the the irish downhill mountain bike series yeah so that was the final round of the Irish Downhill Mountain Bike Series and Shona Boy Farm. I th- believe um, conditions turned wet and muddy on the day. And I think that literally it was dry and dusty up until the Friday night. Oh, that's right. Started to rain. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't probably the best race you could have hoped for, but it was an Irish muddy race. So you've got to have one of them in the season anyway, for sure. Um, in the elites, it was great to see James Mack, or James McFerrin, J-Mack, come back to the top of the pile. So he took the the overall championship win because if you remember 
2018, he actually crashed out of the first round. He was the reigning champion in in 2018, and he crashed on the first round. You might have seen a nasty crash uh-huh. that he had, and he broke his collarbone, I believe. And then it yeah, took him a while back from that. But to see him come back and then uh, win and get the title at the same time was was, was is really great. Um, behind him, then we had Rob Davis in third, and then Ronan Gatton in third. Uh, in third, sorry. And then fourth overall was Jonathan Monsal, so that's Leah's brother. And then Cal mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick, he rounded out the championship in fifth. And that was his first year up into the elite ranks too. So, um, yeah, some good results in there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Mr. Rowan Dunn was first in the juniors. Yeah, Ronan won the junior championship. Um, he had two wins. He won Carrick and Bree, if we remember, really strongly. And then... I'm not sure when uh, what happened in Shonerby Farm because he was fifth there, which is is kind of a bad day at the office for him, really, isn't it? Fifth mm-hmm. with such speed. But on the day, Chris Cummins won. He Chris uh, rides for the InSync uh, factory racing team in the Downhill World Cup in the junior ranks. So he came out and rode uh, the final round in Killarney, and then he won that as well. So it was great to see him out battling. And then second overall was Oliver Davy, and then third was Sean Doyle. So, yeah, some good results in there. Mm. And I had Ronan on, on the podcast, and we chatted about that fifth place. But to be honest, I can't remember what he said about it. But he did explain what happened. But go so episode 99, if anybody wants to go back and listen to it. Um, but, yeah, because, again, he's a young fella who's got his head screwed on right and has big plans for the near future. So um, that's another another guy to look out for, for sure, in that downhill series. Yeah, and then as we just heard from Callum Morris, he uh, won the junior, uh, he won the juvenile championship in the downhill series. Um, and he did it on, he did it on the final round with a, a sprained ankle as well. So yeah, determination will get you through, won't it? Oh, aye. Wow. These young boys, I don't know where they get it. You know, I can't remember being like that when I was that age. <laughs> uh, and then congrats then to Kyle Scully, uh, runner-up with Craig Doyle and Fort. Very, and very good. In the in the Masters 30 class, it was great to see uh, Beefy Mullen, that's it, Phil Mullen. Um, he, he took the he took the honours um with a win at the final round i think it was quite all to play for coming into the final round in shrona by farm um and he knew he had to like bring his a game for that one and he did so because he won the seeding and then he went down from there and then won the the race run and then that got him the title so yeah congrats and as we're going to hear from now in a few minutes like he's he's had an incredible season um Gravity Enduro, Ireland Master B Champion, First Tracks Enduro, Cup Master B Champion. And he wrapped that up around early as well. And then he went on and he won the Dyer's Downhill Master 30 Championship. And that actually mirrors what he did last year. Last year he rode in Master A and he won all three titles. And then he's come back again this year and won all three titles. So that's serious dedication and uh, uh, commitment to, to get something like that in the bag. Yeah, wow. And his interview is very good with you. But yeah, that's amazing. And he was chatting about he almost had to step his game up slightly coming into the Master B because yeah, of the other riders in there. Yeah, he was saying, yeah, um, he he was surprised that the the, the 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 level was deeper, maybe, and he had to he had to pick his game up and do it. Um, so yeah, yeah, great great work. It shows you then that he's a rider can do it too. You know, just 
knows figures out very quickly what needs to be done and, and goes and gets it done so yeah mm-hmm. yeah well let, let's let's lead into that then robert and let's hear from beefy sure and what he had to say to you beefy mullen uh congratulations uh fantastic season 2019 has been for you you are the gravity enduro master b champion and the first tracks enduro master b champion that sounds pretty good to me that sounds pretty good to me as well (laughs) uh are you surprised by how things have gone um well this is what i wanted i said at the start of the year as well that this is what we were setting out to do so plans sort of fell into place and came together so um, I don't sound it right enough, but uh, when I go home tonight, I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, but I suppose you, there's a lot of hard work behind the scenes goes into making what happens in race day possible. Yeah, it, like you're doing two or three nights a week, every week. You, you just don't miss it. Like it, you miss it, then you're you're not at the top step. Like so, yeah. simple as that. And how has uh, this championship, the Gravity Enduro, gone for you? Um, well, Kilo, I just had a wee bit of problem with the bike. Um, I was third and the rest of them I've either been second or I've won them so I can't really complain to be fair yeah and then in the in the first track series first track series well um, I think Rob beat me the last time at the, at, the, at the champs there but I've won both of them as well so we're going next weekend to try and win as well yeah, so. yeah. and um, what was been the highlight for you so far this year um, well this year getting getting both titles you know I'm going to uh Killarney now in two weeks time and I want that third one back as well so <laughs> I'm going to go and try and get all three back again You're on a hell of a roll at the moment 2018 in Master A you, you dominated you've brought that across into 2019 in Master B and what's what's the secret what's the secret sauce what's going on in Limavady? It's just a lot of hard work <laughs> and uh, biking is just my life to be fair at the minute um, that's my woman, she will uh, vouch for that. She is, puts up a lot, to be fair. Um, but biking is just biking is just what it is, and that's it, simple. And uh, how have you moved, found them transfer across from Master A to Master B? The fair, probably I had it up in the game because Nick Rock's there, fantastic rider. Um, start of the year, sort of just put it to me one time, and I was like, right, I have to really up this game here. So you need, you know, you get the guys behind you as well, pushing you. You, know, you just can't, just can't like, think to yourself. I'm going to just go out here and walk this because you just won't like. So yeah. And in the overall scene in the Vitus First Tracks Enduro Cup, you're you're holding your own there inside the top twenty on a regular basis. How are you enjoying that kind of change of format in that championship? Um, to be fair, it doesn't really affect me that much. I don't think, but maybe the lower classes. Um, over the overall top twenty, it's not really something I really look about. Although it's good, some people come say they look you were you were top whatever in overall, but it's yeah. not really something that I just worry about my own yeah. my own category, and that's that's what I just sort of work that off, you know. Um, this year was a big season. Uh, we saw the f- formation of the CRC Belfast team, and you're one of the members, one of four guys on it. Um, what's the team been like this year? How's things gone? Um, it has been absolutely unreal, to be fair. Um, well, we all knew each other. Right? Me and Mark sort of been riding together for the last couple of years, and just bringing us on. And that's, to be fair, I think it's took us to the next level because it's something you don't have to worry about. Your bikes, your bikes, always prepared to top standard. Like the bike is, is absolutely unreal. You can, I cannot fault that bike at all. And with Hannah and Daniel, like two great people, not only great riders, but that it's just like a wee family now as well. And we've not only the people that are behind us, the people behind them. Everybody's came together as one big. One big family. Yeah, yeah. And do you think your presence in the paddock might encourage more for next year to kind of 
follow suit and raise the game again of enduro in, in Ireland? Well, I hope so. I, I've started that wee thing um, down in my local area, so like a wee fitness and skills thing to bring guys in the biking. And one of them is actually doing Castlewell next week, so it's uh, it's exciting times for me. It's around the background as well as as well as the CRC thing and stuff like that, you know. Uh, one other thing kind of wanted to ask you because we had talked about it previously in the podcast was uh, the nationality thing for the national championships and although you had a fantastic day in Ravensdale you didn't score points towards the national championship where do you kind of stand on the whole thing without opening a can of worms as you try because it's obviously directly affected you I did I did Um, I went there with the intentions of trying to get that title but um, a wrong button click or just been a bit uh, naive maybe I say as well it's maybe not that clear on the page yeah. and then next thing I'm not I'm not actually counting for it so same happened at the downhill as well I was yeah. there you know I didn't have a great race at the downhill only. I knew I just went because it was a race yeah. but um, it's a bit of a grey area to be fair I think so anyway I think it's kind of a weird loophole maybe for this island of Ireland in the sense that you know multinationality uh, island yeah. and uh, Maybe in this day and age, something that should be looked at. And yeah. you know, you know, you, you've won Gravity and Euro Cup. You've won the first tracks and Euro Cup. You can't be Irish champion at the moment. You know, that's. Although if I had won it, I'd have probably kicked up a bit of a more fuss about it. But I didn't, so I was just like, right, that's. I sort of took the took the fighters points and sort of just carried on. Yeah, yeah. Well, um. But yeah, pretty much all championships done and dusted now. Looking ahead, have you any thoughts on 2020 yet? 2020, I'm going to be in the pro, so <laughs> um, big, big, big step up. So I have to really sort of pull the finger out a bit more, maybe. Well, best of luck, and uh, <laughs> I'm Robert. sure you enjoy the off season. Definitely, will. Thank you, Matt. Cheers. All right, Robert. Great interview with Beefy. Well done there, um, and he's he's super stoked about what he done, eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he doesn't show his emotions too much, but on that day there in Carrick, he was definitely buzzing off that one. Um, great season, so big congrats to him. Um, yeah. And while actually he was in Carrick, um, bumped into his teammate Hannah Harvey. Um, they're both on the Chain Reaction Cycles Belfast team, and she was there as a, an unfortunate spectator because she had actually broken her wrist earlier this year at the Irish Downhill Championship in Ross Trevor. So... We got a chance to catch up with her and just find out how the injury and thing was then. I think as we go out on this podcast, she's already back on a bike. So that's great to see. But she was feeling very optimistic about what was happening. And it was interesting to see she had to get two doctor's quotes if you uh, to <laughs> yeah. get, get the answer she wanted on regards to her injury. So that was great to see as well. So thumbs up for that one. Yeah, well, let's jump into that and let's hear what Hannah had to say about her accident and uh, moving forward. Hannah Harvey, we're here at the final round of Gravity Enduro Series, but unfortunately you're not racing, but no. <laughs> things are looking good. Tell us what's happening with the injury and the broken wrist. Yeah, um, decided to race the National Champs downhill and rush Strever because the holiday got cancelled, so thought race would be a good idea. But first practice, halfway down, uh, came off and snapped the right wrist. So a week and a half later, got a plate and six crews in. Um, but since then... It's been looking good. Got good range of movement back and nearly for use of my wrist again. Yeah. So, yeah, it's looking good, but and what, not the best. <laughs> what sort of time frame have the doctors been saying for returning to a lead ride your bike again? Uh, well, the first doctor, he he's, he was going to ban me from the bikes. <laughs> but um, You didn't listen. No. 
Um, no time frame yet. Check up tomorrow, but I'm hoping, hoping in the next couple of months, be back yeah. on the trails. Woody, unfortunately, you've missed the final two rounds. You're having a great yeah. year, but I suppose you know, just kind of, is it cut your losses and look towards 2020? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was a bit, a bit gutted about Carrick because it's absolutely amazing. But yeah, um, yeah I was really gutted about it. But just being here and being with the team and stuff, it's sort of put fire in my belly for next year. So I know what I have to do over the winter. <laughs> good, good. good luck with the recovery yeah. and a good see you back on track. Thank you. Yeah, Robert, it was great to hear from Hannah there. And um, when I had her on the podcast, her podcast is super popular, by the way, uh, on the show and stuff like that. She's such a cool girl. She's such down to earth. And yeah, so she didn't take the first doctor's uh, stay off bikes, you know. She was like, nah, I'll get a second opinion. Play. She said, right, wasn't she? Uh-huh. Yeah, and I've seen footage of her out already and stuff, and she's hitting jumps and things that she said she wasn't doing before her injury. So right. she's obviously stepping it up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And looking forward to 2020, I can, I can assure you for sure. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Now, we want to t- touch on... Uh, a couple of other things the trophy of nations being one but first of all we were chatting briefly there before we hit the big red record button about the swiss epic can you tell us a wee bit about that because the guy's done really awesome there yeah and this is in relation to biking.ie's niall and gareth davis um people know know them that they they essentially run the trail centers in ticknock in uh, balnestow and they also organize the gravity enduro ireland series but they're big into their bikes, and they went and rode the Swiss Epic. It's essentially a, a five-day mountain bike marathon, and it was their first year doing it this year. And I, to be fair, I didn't really know much about it until I kind of seen them popping up in the social media what they were doing. Um, and uh, wow, hats off to them! It's like it's a massive event, like five days in the Swiss Alps, basically total kilometers that they raced. They raced now. Total kilometers they raced for was three hundred and fifty kilometers, and that included twelve thousand meters of elevation. Now, to put that in perspective, Mount Everest is eight and a half thousand meters, so they basically climbed almost one and a half times the height of uh, Everest over five days. <laughs> how, how huge is that? And the the riding some days an altitude of two and a half thousand meters, and the, some of the descents were like 30 minutes long. So the result at the end of the week was actually 33rd overall, which was huge because there was three, 300 teams in, in, the, in the Swiss Epic. And it's one of, one of the most prestigious races, I think, around the world. So to come out on your debut ride and finish 33rd, that's, that's some doing, isn't it? That is amazing. That is amazing. But, you know, fair play to those guys. Hats off for doing that and actually wanting to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a big achievement, you know, because um, you've got to imagine, like, you, like, to do one day, okay, you, you could get yourself to do one day, but to do five days of that, that's that's huge, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no better boys for it, I suppose. No, they've no, they've, and the other thing I noticed, and well, when I was speaking to Gareth about it as well, um, they did it on hardtails, so they did it on two XE hardtails, and they were the only ones out of 300 people on hardtails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing. It makes it, it just makes it better, 
when that's the case. Eh? Yeah, it just shows you how good they really are. But I, it's I liked I liked the the thirty minute descent part. I thought that was quite cool. Maybe yeah. not so sure on maybe the four hour climb to get the thirty minute descent. But the thirty minute descent, if there was an uplift, I'd be really down for that bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, fair play, and it would be interesting to hear to hear their story about that because I'm sure they have some, you know, some funny moments and some scary moments and everything else that goes in with something like that. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's everything from the horrors to the nation <laughs> to the to, to to everything in between, you know. Yeah, did they have a support crew or anything there? Is there there has to be some kind of support van or something with them guys? Um, I don't really know to be honest how it works. I I imagine no, they didn't. Like there would be the event organizers themselves would have to be service checks, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, feed stations on the route. But other than that, I'd say it's a lot of it's probably every man for yourself, and maybe more so with them. Like some of the big teams maybe that are racing on it probably do have some level of support crews going out to keep an eye on their guys. But I couldn't imagine. I'd say Niall and Garrett, they just literally rocked up and raced you know <laughs> yeah i would say you're right i would say you're right fair play fair play so even that's even a bigger achievement again isn't it that's ah, amazing man it's amazing uh-uh. like i've always said it you know there's certain people in ireland that are in this scene that really they just need a film crew following them everywhere yeah <laughs> you know you would have some interesting tv shows i can tell you yeah, but the most like, like Garrett must have serious serious power in his legs because he actually raced with Harry the Tweedlove that previous weekend. So he did um, Tweedlove, Tweedlove. He did two days at Tweedlove, and then when Harry came home, he got on a flight and headed out to Switzerland to meet his brother to race <sighs> five days in the Swiss in the Swiss Alps. Like crazy stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, they have some engine on them, then boys. Yeah, and I think he said, um, like, Niall, the level of preparation Niall did wasn't all that lot because he's so busy running trail centres and uh, running the Gravity Enduro series. And then he's also um, part of the, he's one of the main men in the EWS qualifier series or something like that. So, like, he didn't, he wouldn't have put that much time in the bike. I'd say he just race rode himself fit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Serious credit where it's due for that, you know. Aye, very good, very good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Another, another feather in the old Irish racing and competitors cap, eh? Definitely, yeah. Cool. Let's uh, let's go on to the Trophy of Nations then. Um, great event. I enjoyed watching the the highlights on the EWS website and stuff. Um, the guys done pretty well. In all fairness, um, do you want to chat us through it a wee bit? Yeah, so the Trophy of Nations was new for 2019. It's basically a team event, essentially. So when the Enduro World Series itself finished up, um, the organisers put on this Trophy of Nations a couple of weeks later in Finale Liguri, Italy. And um, it's, as I said, it's a team event. So it's country versus country. And each team, um, there's three, three or four different categories. You had the kind of, the men class, the under junior under twenty one men, then the women class and the under twenty one women uh, categories, and then each there was a each category. So the Team Ireland essentially had a three man team of Greg Callahan, Keelan Grant, and Killian Callahan in the men's category, 
And in the under-21, they had a three-man team of Drew Armstrong, Jack Devlin and Ross Ennis in the under-21. And the way it worked was the the riders, all, those in the men category, the, the three riders started the stage together and essentially rode it as a train. So one rider, they basically follow each other down the stage and the fastest time of those together combined was how they scored a result. So um, it looked really cool because usually, you know, it's it's a rider on the clock against himself in a, in a way, which is normal in Jura racing, but this was quite different where the three riders had to work together to get the best time on the stage. Um, Ireland in the men's category finished 16th. Definitely a top 10 was on the cards, but they got a five-minute penalty due to a mechanical. So, yes, yeah, fuel for fire next year that um, cracked that top 10. In the under-21s, the guys had a great result. Um, Drew, Jack and Ross, they finished seventh overall. So that was definitely a big round of applause. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was. Um, yeah, that's cool. And just touching on the five-minute penalty, what would that entail then, Robert? Why, why did they get a five-minute penalty? Um, I'm not 100% sure on it because I did speak with, when I spoke with Peter Davison, um, I think we covered it in the interview. It was uh, was either a flat tire or they had to change a part or something. Maybe that was what the, the five-minute penalty was. But, um, yeah, unfortunate as it was. But um, I suppose that's racing sometimes. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Mm. Um, but as I said, Peter Davison was out there because he went as the reserve rider. So you had the three riders and then each category, the, jun- the men and the junior had a reserve rider. So, um Dan Redmond was reserved for the under-21, and then Peter Davison was reserved for the men. Um, he, If one of the riders would have had a problem before race day, he would have got called up to race in the men's category. Unfortunately, it didn't for him, but he still raced anyway. He, he practiced on all the trails, and he raced on the Saturday. There was like an open category race for him, so he was racing in that. Um, so we caught up with him at the Lake Lander Gravel Grinder, actually. That's where I caught up with Peter. We had a good chat about um, Trophy of Nations, what it was like to go there for the first time, and um, just the general crack that went down on the weekend. And by all accounts, it seemed to be a great crack weekend. So it uh, sounded really good and definitely something that you can see it growing bigger and better for next year. Yeah, I think it's an awesome event. I really enjoyed it. And there's quite a lot of technique involved in it you wouldn't think so but a lot of the riders were putting maybe you know out of their team the person they thought would be the fastest at that stage and then the other two riders were trying to keep up with them and stuff you know so it was really cool it was really it was really good the way they'd done it um i think the uk was it the english team the ladies english team came second they almost had a win overall I, I think don't know. No, I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, I think I'm that was all the way. I'll know. I'll know what team. <laughs> <I'm>. <laughs> um, I'm not sure, but I know it was really good, and uh, was yeah. I think yeah. you're right. I think America, we'll see that. America won the the men's team. I know that much. They had Richie Rude on the men's. It was Richie Rude, Cody Kelly, and then Richie's teammate and in the Eddie in the Eddie in the Eddie gang. And I think their tactic was literally let Richie out of the game first and just hang on. <laughs> yeah, try not to cry. If he's coming, if you can hang on to him by the end of the stage, you definitely have won it. Like so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, that's cool. Let's jump to the interview done with Peter and hear what he had to say about that and other other things. 
Peter Davison, uh, you went out to Trophy of Nations this year with Team Ireland. Um, what was it like in Finale Ligura? It's definitely looked like a hell of an experience. Yeah, it was incredible riding there. Just the mountains they have and the conditions they have is just so much fun. Uh, big hills, so first stage was longer than most races at home, 15 minutes-ish, or 13 to 15 minutes. So it was big learning experience to ride, go out there and ride that stuff, but it was unbelievable. What was it like? Because um, it was the first year that they did Trophy of Nations, and you know it was all very much a team, uh, country participation event. And what was it like to, to go out there and essentially put on the Irish jersey? Yeah, it was really good. So there were teams of three, and then they brought one reserve rider. So I was a reserve for the senior team, and then the juniors had a reserve as well, Dan Redmond. So we're all in the parade together, all practicing together, um, and then the teams raced on the Sunday so three of the riders who raced they had a minute to go basically so yeah. within a minute all three riders had to go off so it was a lot different for them to be riding in that kind of racing because yeah. they'd never be really following people in their racing yeah, yeah. so had to learn how to keep close to people Was there much tactics uh, kind of going on pre-planning the race that you know, how, how to kind of approach riding trees together as a train, essentially. Yeah, at least in the, the juniors, so Jack Devlin, Joe Armstrong and Ross Ennis, they they basically just worked out who would go first each time, second each time, and uh, just tried to keep a, keep a little bit of a gap because they didn't want to be catching up with other riders. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, first stage Drew had an issue where he came off, so Ross passed him, took the lead, so then they just just followed each other down kind of pushed each other on yeah. the atmosphere looked incredible uh, what was it like doing the parade because you said parade I think it was Friday or Thursday evening Friday night yeah, yeah what was <laughs> that like it was, it was hilarious um, so you just got together in all the countries and kind of walked around the town in a big convoy almost um, uh, it was just really funny crazy atmosphere the, we had the German team in front of us and they were just going absolutely wild so kind of kind of made us kind of get hyped up because they were going so crazy so we had Jack on the shoulders and he was our little leprechaun for the night so it was <laughs> oh, it was a fun time it was brilliant yeah it's good sense of uh, camaraderie and teamwork together for something like that yeah essentially too um, you didn't unfortunately you didn't get into the, the main event on the Sunday but you rode on you raced on Saturday as, as yeah. basically as a solo yeah, it was individual yeah individual race for like individual riders who wanted to race and then there were teams of just anyone who wanted to make a team so there were some some Irish teams racing and then Dan Redmond and I raced on the individuals so it was the same course same same times same time time limits as well so got most of the experience it was really good what was it like uh, pushing on that was that your first time on the world stage I did the Irish UWS a few years ago but somewhere you know and you you race it every year so it was the first time going racing the world internationally. Yeah. What was it like trying to race a 15-minute stage? And yeah, it was, it was in hard work. Completely alien conditions, yeah. dust and rocks. Well, and it was quite a lot like Cark on some parts, so it was kind of kind of cool riding it. You're like, eh, this reminds me a lot of Cark, but yeah, it was just, it was really hard at the bottom. You're absolutely busted yeah. and trying to hold on just for that long, even the shorter stages because they're so rough, mm-hmm. and the shorter stages are still about six or seven minutes long. It was it was really tough just towards the end of the stages, just holding on, just because because I'm out of rocks there. Yeah, yeah. And finally, just to kind of sum up the first trophy of nations. What was it like? What, 
make you want to come back again? Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. The venue is incredible, just on the Mediterranean, so you've got the heat, and then you've got just incredible trails, and it was great fun just having all the nations there. Everyone was kind of... It wasn't as serious as some of the bigger races, so people seemed to have a lot more fun just riding together, having a having a blast. So yeah, definitely definitely going back next year. It'll be really good fun. All right, well, we jump into the Lake Lander then, just have a, a bit of a chat about that. Yeah, this is the Lake Lander Gravel Grinder, um, new event that's popped up on the calendar for 2019. Um, it's basically a gravel sportive style ride. So it happened in Balcou and Fermanagh, and uh, I give it a go myself. I was out uh, cracking the miles. Um, it's basically what it is. It's all. It's pretty much all off road. It takes took place in what are UNESCO forestries in Fermanagh. So the look start location was in Belcou, and they had a loop marked out. There was a hundred kilometer loop that covered all the the gravel fire roads within the three or four different forest ranges of that region. And uh, yeah, it turned out to be a fantastic day. Um, what I did, I did the 50 kilometer route. I didn't go for the full 100. I was like, ah, it's a bit of a stretch because the 100 one, the 100 one, I felt it was, a, it, for me, it was probably a bit too much in that it was, there was also, if you looked at it, there was like nearly 2,000 meters of climbing. Wow. Per kilometer route. And there was nearly 1,000 meters climbing on the 50 kilometer route. So I was like, I'll play it safe and go to 50k. To I'd never done a gravel grinder before, so I wanted to get an idea what it was like. But uh, on the day, I think we had about 500 people show up. Really? Yeah, fantastic entry for uh, for the first edition of it as well. Wow! And would that be a mix of roadies and mountain bikers? What was the what was the mix like? Yeah, there was everybody in. On, on everything was there so it was you had um your roadies and your mountain bikers and then your kind of leisure cyclists in between that and then bike wise we had everything from like proper full race ready cyclocross bikes purpose-built gravel bikes there was then mountain bikes there was people on hardtails there was some people on full sus bikes <laughs> when there was uh, an e-bike class as well so there was was a full range of bikes it was basically kind of a run what you brung and and go out and ride it style event which was really cool um wasn't no idea what i was kind of letting myself in for as such um because i had done a few road sporty so kind of building up towards the trying to get a few miles in the legs was doing some road cycling sporties and i'd done a few hundred kilometer ones of those and really kind of enjoyed that non-competitive aspect of it mm-hmm. just here having a good day's crack and that's kind of what kind of attracted me attracted me to go give the lakeland gravel grinder a go and i gotta say i really did enjoy it now the crack was turned up to 11 because i happened to bump into glenn o'brien and cato on the day as well and we stuck together we were we did the 50k they were riding a pair of hardtail xc bikes at vitus rapide and um so they were riding the 50k route and i was like i just met them on the start line i was like oh i'm on my own any chance i tag on for the day's crack and we did and had such a laugh like it was brilliant brilliant day's crack yeah well looking at your social posts and stuff there was definitely a lot of fun being had there (laughs) (laughs) so we stopped a few times because it's not a race right and like there was you could treat it as a race if you really wanted it but it was it wasn't a race so there's no point 
doing that. So we would just, if we seen somewhere nice, we'd stop and like take a couple of photos and just chill out for a few minutes and then crack on again and stuff like that. So we loved it. I rode um, a cyclocross bike as well. I, I got a Vitus Energy. It was a 2020 model as well, the new Vitus Energy. I got it from Chain Reaction Cycles in Belfast. And um, first time on, I literally pulled it out of the van and rolled down to the start line. I was like, all right, let's have a go at this and see what happens. So I'd never <laughs> rode skinny tires and gravel before. But I, I, and the first bit, kind of, there was like a four-kilometer liaison down the road, and then it turned into the forest. And the first little time, the gravel was quite soft because not all, apparently not all gravel, I've just found out, not all gravel is the same. <laughs> it's all different. Okay. It goes from hard pack to soft stuff to big rocks to small rocks to to loads. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And the first bit was quite kind of soft. And I was like, skinny tires, dropped handlebars, and I was clipped in. And you're kind of in a cluster of people, and I was like, crapping myself. I thought I was going <laughs> to fall off straight away. And then after that, I just kind of eased into it a bit better. And uh, the climbs, I wasn't sure what the climbs were going to be like because I thought, oh, for mountain biking, you know, when you're climbing in the forest, it literally like feels like you're going up the side of a wall sometimes. But the way they had this marked out really well was it was they were quite spread out. There was a few hard kickers in it, but like not really, not really on the, especially on the 50k route. Nothing, nothing that you had to ever get off and push on. You had to work a bit hard on some of them, but nothing too major. Mm-hmm. But there was, a, I remember there was actually a really cool section. It was such a flowy section. Um, and it was like going on skeletric tracks because everybody sort of rides two. There's like two kind of lines sort of form as the ground sort of clear, cleans itself, you know. Mm-hmm. And we were coming down, it was like skeletrics going down this really flowy section. And it just went on and on and on for like five or six kilometers. And just this fast, flowy. Oh, it was so cool. Like it was, I got to the end, I got like in the middle of it, I was just like grinning ear to ear because you're just like tucked in on a little like racer roadie style bike with knobbly tires and just just pinning it. It was deadly. And then I checked, uh, actually checked the, the, the speedo after and it said like you're doing 50 kilometers an hour in places on it. Wow. Oh, it's like, <laughs> it like no knee pads, no nothing, just go. <laughs> it was deadly. Um, yeah it's cool that whole side of things that kind of gravel you know cross bike thing seems to be getting quite popular now yeah it definitely has um and we see you've seen um alistair beckett is is launching or is in the process of launching his own gravel bike called mm. the fussel um so he that's going to be interesting to see how that one uh progresses now in the next few months um so it shows you that there's a good appetite for gravel. It seems a lot of manufacturers are, you know, launching their own gravel bikes as well. Um, and the sportive, I really enjoyed the sportive aspect of it. Just that relaxed days crack, you know, that's what it's about some days, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's nice to have that kind of after the season's kind of finished almost, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice for everybody to get together, not have the competitive aspect, the nerves of the same kind of nerves and all that kind of thing, and just relax and get together and have a social out. And I think it's very cool. Yeah, it was really good. We and we like most of it. I was like, don't get a puncture, don't get a puncture. And like one kilometer before the end, we got a puncture. I was like, oh Jesus. Cato <laughs> um, had kind of cracked on a bit ahead of us. She was charging there towards the end and came around the corner and she was stopped with a puncture. And we just wet ourselves laughing. 
um, because like it was a kilometer from the end it's like oh look at you you got a puncture ah, what, what do you like i said we finished this just took us we're just messing about fixing the whole puncture and then we hopped on to go and i was like oh you're kidding me i've got a puncture as well i hadn't even noticed like just flip the same rock or something that she did as well because you kind of have to be really focused on some of the downhill stuff like that because i said like the rocks can like slice a tire really easy i was very surprised it was like loads of people were getting punctures and stuff like that and i suppose maybe it it could be is it early days in developing the gravel style products i'm not too sure so like tire technology maybe for like gravel ride riding hasn't really got fully mm. up to speed yet you know and there's loads of people like so it was it's uh yeah it's definitely a growing um growing market and uh, yeah i really enjoyed it now it's definitely something i'm gonna try and do again i think they've already launched the, the date for next year so the 10th of october 2020 is when lakelander gravel grinder part two is going to happen so cool, yeah man. cool and you you were talking about before there um as well that they're doing like a, an mtb one as well yeah um i think this weekend as we might have just happened uh before the podcast comes out but the near valley drop is happening this weekend that's down in waterford that's going to be the seventh edition of the near valley drop now to fair i actually heard of two editions so i'm a bit late to the party on that but they've got a 25 kilometer route and a 45 kilometer route and it's a mountain bike sportive as i said and it's i really like the ideas of these mountain bike sportives sportives um definitely something i'd love to see more of them coming about mm-hmm. um the Waterford one, I was tempted to do, but unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm busy that weekend. I can't quite make it down to Waterford, and it's a bit of a stretch. But mm-hmm. it'd be great to see a few more of them come on the calendar, and be really interesting. Like you know, it's just a, a day out riding a mountain bike, not trying to race for times or results. Like, it'd be re- yeah, really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you enter that at any age, Robert? Um, I think, yeah, once you're over 16, I don't think there's an issue regards entry for the MTB Sportives. Aye, that's cool. No, that well, that's a good, uh, can be a good family day out and everything else that we said there. So, no, I think that may be cool to see more of those and get more awareness of that, you know, that MTB one happening as well. Yeah, because if you look across to, well, A, look at the Lakeland, the Gravel Grinder, there was the entry that we got for that was huge and if you look into the road cycling the sportive entry is massive it's i did the dublin the great dublin bike ride a couple of weeks ago and there was six thousand people did that what now, yeah six thousand people yeah did it was a hundred kilometer route around right into the heart of the center of dublin city through phoenix park then along the keys the whole lot and then out into the uh, into the north side of dublin and there was six thousand people rode that that was huge but like Jeez. obviously you're not going to get that falling across for the mountain bike, but you could get you know big entries for the MTB sportives. People that don't want to race full enduros, but want to go out and do a good day's MTB crack, and as an event, you know, mm-hmm. definitely um, it's definitely there to 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 be explored for sure. Yeah, cool. No, sounds good. Sounds good, and hopefully we'll hear a wee bit more about that mm. in the near future. Um, let's touch a wee bit on the Gap Downhill, the mini-series. Is this something new, Robert? Or Yeah, this was new for this year, yeah. the, the Gap, which is Glen Cullen Adventure Park in Dublin, um, just on the Dublin 
Titans, they ran a four-round uh, mini-series in October, so back-to-back round, back-to-back weekends during October. They've had over 80 entries per round as well, which is really promising. Mm-hmm. Um, the gap is is a purpose-built trail park in, um, as I said, just off the back of the Dublin Mountains, privately owned, and they run their own uplift service, and they've like 13 or 14 different trails and you know you, you go there you, you do the uplift service on a bus um takes you up to the top of the trail park and then you race down whichever trail you want and there's a bus waiting for you to pull back up again so it, it actually i've done it a couple of times and it's a good day's crack you can rent bikes even as well and go out and and, and have a lash um so what they've done is they as i said uh for each sunday during the month of october they ran a four-round series and the final round is actually this weekend, is October twenty seventh. Um, and yeah, by all accounts, it's been it seems to have been really good. So hopefully, that's mm-hmm. something that will uh, spark uh, further events throughout the year, for sure. Yeah. No, good to see, and I did see plenty of social stuff about it and things. So yeah, it seemed to be very good, and um, it seemed to be something that a lot of people are interested in doing. So mm, and. As it stands at the moment, Ronan Dunn is, is leading the way there. He's won every round as well, so he'll be trying to do a clean sweep, I'm sure, on, on Sunday. Yeah, cool, man, cool. All right, well, that's more or less wrapped it up. Um, is there anything else you want to chat about 2019 before we touch briefly on 2020? Um, not really. It's I suppose we're kind of getting officially into off-season now. It's been definitely been a great year, hasn't it? It's mm. seen a lot of kind of new so we've seen some new names come to the fore old names holding the fort as well and uh, yeah all around it's it's been a, a great season of racing in, in in ireland yeah now we had some issues with some closures and things like that uh, insurance issues and things and we'll not really get into it because it's but have you heard any update on that or anything like that um i was when i was doing the gravel grinder with glenn we were kind of chatting about loads of things we were going along <laughs> he was chatting and i was blowing out my ass trying to <laughs> but, uh, I think he touched on that and kind of i suppose leading into the 2020 race dates and stuff like that they've got a lot of their venues um dates dates and venues are pretty much set in stone nearly for next year and i won't say too much about it because um that's up to them now to to release the date shortly but keep an eye out for what's coming mm-hmm. general gist is the date wise is going to be as per what it was this year they they had they just had their off-road commission agm and for the gravity enduro series the first tracks the downhill they all met together and they've kind of agreed dates to keep them the same as what they were because they seem to run quite well and there's no mm-hmm. overlapping i think glenn said he's he's just about ready to finalize his venues and um he said he's got some nice things good things in the pipeline for next year um so we're looking forward to seeing what comes from that as well yeah it's cool man and it's it's such a good scene there's something happening almost every weekend um you could be racing every weekend if you wanted to really um so i'm I'm hoping for a really good season again in 2020 and as you say there's some characters coming up through that we need to keep an eye on and stuff um but it seems to be alive and well eh? yeah yeah it's great as we like said there earlier 400 and nearly 500 450 riders yeah. At one point or other, rode the first tracks enduro cup, and like that would have been mirrored across in the 
in the in the Gravity Enduro Ireland series too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing to see. It's really good to see, and I know a lot of the riders and the young riders coming up are stoked on on what they're doing, and are stoked on the facilities and the trail the trail centres and everything else. So we really have it lucky here, to be honest. Yeah, it's doing well. Um, as you because um, you've got other like as you said on the trail centre thing now. The Gortine is is in development, isn't it? That mm-hmm. one, Gort, and then Kulani in Sligo. That's that's um, that's soon to be opened as well. So there's plenty of new trails being built as we speak as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting times, exciting times, and I'm glad I can share it with you, Robert. And I'm glad you can come on the podcast and share your knowledge with the listeners because you're you're so keyed into it and um it's really good to have you on board and chatting about it oh cheers thanks very much for having us on as and um yeah it's been a good year um you've had some great guests on the podcast as well you've definitely really opened up the Irish scene as well so big congrats to yourself for that thank you sir thank you and when i get home which will be I'm kind of counting it down now, to be honest, but it'll be eight, seven months, seven months almost. Um, I definitely am planning to get my feet on the ground more and we can hook up at events and do things together and see what else we can do for the Irish race scene and the scene in general and see if we can't help any, any you know, further um, help out in any way. So that would be cool, man. It'd be cool to get you on board and have a chat with you about one thing or another. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, for sure. Well, Robert, thanks so much, sir. It's been great doing this kind of mini series, if you like, and we'll maybe do it next season as well. Eh? We'll do we'll do a few to let people know what's going on and just do roundups and stuff. I think it works really well, and the numbers are good, so people obviously enjoy it. So yeah, and then um, as I said, con- final congratulations, Stephanie Tall, this year's uh, mountain bike champions um, and podium finishers, and everybody has come out and and. and it's the riders and the organisers that make it what it is. So, yeah, massive final congrats to them. Yeah, for sure. Well said, sir. Well said. All right, bud. Well, thanks so much for coming on and um, have a good evening. And I will speak to you in the near future. That's our app for episode 111, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you enjoyed our complete series of the Irish uh, race scene reviews. This is part three. You can go back and listen to part one and part two. Just simply go to mtb-tribe.com. Search for it in the search bar there after clicking on an episode and you will get to hear those those two episodes which are full of information of what was going on throughout the season so please do check those out and I just want to say a big massive thanks once again for Robert for coming on the show as always a wealth of information and please do check out his website freewheeling.ie now thanks so much for listening folks if you want to support the show the best way is by subscribing rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts Every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. If you're not on Apple, you can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete bike catalogue, listen and download every show. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show. Now, you can also get involved on social media at MTV Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And please do share it with friends and let friends know that you think will be interested in the show that the podcast is available for them to listen to. Of course, it's all free and um, spread the word that way. It really helps the show grow and really helps the show be found by more people. And let's hope we get them off the sofas, on the saddles. That's the aim of the podcast. 
So folks, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Of course, I'll be with you next week for another episode of the MTV Tribe podcast. But until then, get the bikes out of the sheds, get out in the trails, and as always, stay MTB stoked.